The following Dungeons & Dragons actual play podcast is based on real events from the history of American crime. Some of this imagery might be upsetting. Listener discretion is advised. Incident. In- incident power. Incident. In- incident power. Incident. In- incident power. 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 Incident. In- incident power. Incident. In- incident power. Incident. In- incident power. Okay, so the the book uh, was called Slow Thinking, Fast Acting by Miriam Gertain. Uh, on the top left shelf in Tate's study. So okay. Percy goes for the book, does he pull it off the shelf? He gets there and he just kind of waits and he starts thinking. Because the problem is, like, he doesn't know what's going to happen once he starts looking at this book. <laughs> okay. Uh, let's do a perception check. Just okay. Twelve. It's a book. Uh, okay. It's not. I mean, it's <laughs> well, not really the, the, like dusty or well, anything. Well, kind of the room. I meant. Oh, of the room. Everything is exactly how it was okay. before. Yeah. Okay. Okay. He's gonna start pages through it to try and find uh, any more links, any more family references, anything like that. Okay. So you you open the book and it's autographed. I think would be the first thing that would would jump out to him. It's one of those autographs that is almost impossible to decipher, you know. But depending on his relationship to Miriam, he might be able to recognize her handwriting. I'm not I'm not sure how you want to do that. The book itself is just kind of like a like a pop psychology kind of self actualization book. I think Tate would have gone through it and like highlighted some passages that he found like especially important but Percy would probably interpret it as just like gibberish okay let's see I'm trying to think of what else we can do here All right, so you um, you think and then we're, we'll cut back to Aelos right. and Nim and Paul um, who are who have made their way out of the underneath um, walking past Jethro the guard um, is there anything you want to say to Jethro on your way out Hello, my son. <laughs> uh, we're just gonna make our way up, up top. My friend here, Paul, you know, a fellow believer, wishes to, to uh, go up top and, and experience what it's like to breathe the air given to him by the great Muhammad. <laughs> fellow believer, uh, so. So Jethro bows to Nim and then turns to Paul and and says, Ah, Bahamut's blessings be with you. And Paul looks mad <laughs> about that. And he kind of stops and you can you can kinda like hear the gears in his head turning a little bit. Like he's he's debating getting into a, a sort of theological debate with Jethro right now. Paul, he doesn't mean anything by it. Just scoot on over to Paul and like, hey, that'll be all right. Let it go. You're, you don't want to 
get involved in that conversation right now. We'll be here for hours. And we have to go visit your friend. Much more important right now. The, yes. Yeah, yeah. Of course. As as you so often are, Nim, you are you are right. I, I I can't I can't stop to get into these sorts of discussions with with everybody who lives in the city. So uh you are your topside in a place that doesn't really look that different from where you just were. It's just that you're above ground now. It's still kind of um kind of rough, right? Um, but you're able to find a carriage, um, hail a cab. It's, it's pulled by this pretty pitiful-looking horse. Um, and Paul hops in, surprisingly limber for a man of his age. And uh, he turns and he gestures to the two of you to, to get into the carriage with him. Do you follow? And uh, who's paying for this, Paul? <laughs> um... He he looks at you, and I can't remember. Did we? Did you take his money? Did you guys steal his money? I I can't remember. Maybe. <laughs> I was the one that went through his pockets. Yeah. Um, I I I believe I did. Okay. Um, steal from him. <laughs> Don't worry, Paul. It's on me. Okay. <laughs> he says, so should we go seek out Mr. Tate at his home or should we should we go to or should we seek out Leslie at Mr. Tate's home or should we seek out Leslie at this bakery that she so enjoys? Perhaps if Mr. Tate is dead, like you claim, maybe she's there mourning already. I do you know when this happened? I have no since I got hit on the head, my sense of time is is scrambled. Uh, it was recent. Hmm. Oh. Right now? Pretty sure it was this morning. Okay. Uh, so she might have heard and is there. Okay. So we should go. Let's... Uh, and he he says to the driver so the horse is pretty sad and the driver is this little gnome who can like barely hold the reins of the horse and he says take us to Mr. Tate's and the gnome is like what? who? there's lots of you gotta be more specific than that pal and then he looks at you guys for some clarification Alexander Tate's house the director Ah, uh, guys going sightseeing huh? Yep. <laughs> he, he, he has this weird macabre likes to see dead people's houses. I don't know. It's a weird fetish thing. I don't judge. We're just off. I'm just scouting the area for my new uh, celeb- Dead Celebrities of Backfire tour. <laughs> when, when you say fetish, the gnome looks at Paul, who I don't think heard that part, or else he would have, like, <laughs> flipped the carriage over. Probably at, at this tomfoolery that's going on. He says, "Well, you're the one putting the tour together. I don't offer any of these any of these weird celebrity tours." So off we go, get in. And so you guys get into the carriage and take off without incident. Um, it's a little bit of a, a ride there. I don't think anything 
happens on the way as far as like any kind of combat stuff would go. Um, is there anything you want to talk to Paul about while you have him in the car or in the carriage or in the car <laughs> or or not? How did you and Leslie meet? He says, well, as you as you know, as I think you probably know, life here can be very difficult sometimes. And Leslie and her family are are very good at making people feel a sense of purpose. And so even even somebody like me needs to feel that sense of purpose from time to time. And as far as I know, they've been very helpful to, to many of the citizens of Backfire. Okay. Nim's gonna lean over to Baelish real quick. Just whisper a little bit. Is, is, is he starting to remember a little more and more? What's going on? Oh, no. <laughs> Hopefully not, because we kind of implicated him. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, it's, <laughs> let's not ask too many questions. <laughs> okay. I, I was just trying to pass the time. I don't like awkward silences. Oh, I get it, but we may not make it out of this carriage. If he starts remembering things. We are two pious men. I can only speak for myself. <laughs> and so you guys are having this whispered conversation and he's he's talking to himself again and he he says, you know, I I know that I know Leslie, but where did I meet Leslie? Where did I meet this family? I know that I I feel like I like them. But how did I meet them? Hmm. And he's like chewing on his bottom lip. But lost in thought now. So back to the house. Percy Gritz has this book. Slow thinking, fast acting by Miriam Gratain. That's right. Is just just to clarify a few things. Tate's uh-huh. body's still there, right? Yep. Body's still there. Alright. The uh the mortician, <laughs> the uh, very slow to act. Okay, Percy kind of like closes the book, but he's still gonna hold on to it because he okay. still has things to figure out. Um, but he kind of looks at the body, and he looks over at the fairy and says, "So, I'm here to take care of some other stuff, but why aren't you here?" Well, uh, I heard about this, and I was curious. That's all. I don't really have a good reason. Curious uh, about the body? Yeah, about the dead guy. From everything I was hearing, it was suspicious, so I figured I'd go check it out. I didn't have anything better to do. Oh. Okay. Well, um... You want to take a look at it? (laughs) (laughs) I I know where you can see a dead body. This sounds like a horrible first date. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't have anything better to do, so I wanted to go see it. Zafira is Wednesday Adams. (laughs) (laughs) After Percy says, you you want to take a look? He just kind of like motions at the body. (laughs) It's all. Go right ahead. I'm just here with this book. (laughs) 
Zephyr will look at him like, I mean, it's probably a good idea since he thinks we're here to look at the body. So I'll kind of just give Percy a weird look and then go over the body and start doing a more thorough investigation of it. Like, based off of the stuff that I saw in the basement, like what looked to be his notes and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll go ahead and maybe, like, thinking of that, try to see if any of that might apply to what happened to him. If there's anything I can see upon taking a closer look and not having people watching me trying to act like I'm not okay. looking into this for my own gain. Mm-hmm. Um, so make a, an investigation check. Okay. Fifteen. Okay, so you give him a more thorough sort of pat down. Because Solar and, and Rusty didn't really go into a lot of detail with him if memory serves or we're just retconning to say that maybe their roles weren't great i don't know sorry tom Uh, (laughs) and uh you you kind of check his coat pockets and there's there's nothing really there you kind of investigate around the scorch mark and the burn marks it smells pretty bad you can see some um faded scars on his neck that looked like they could have been bite marks as far as anything that you guys found in the in the basement i don't think that there's anything anything really there okay um i'll definitely point out the bite marks to percy Mm -hmm. hey uh look at this something about this whole thing isn't adding up i mean more than it wasn't before so so percy just kind of ambles over and takes a look and he goes wait Bite marks? Looks like it. You, you think it was a wolf? But he, but he's trying. He's trying to say wolves, a wolf, wolf, but he says wolf for some reason. <laughs> I forgot you were gonna do that. <laughs> and she just kind of looks at him. Oh like, my god! You, you mean a wolf? Yeah, wolf. I'm so glad. I mean, does that what it looks like the bite marks are? Okay. Because clone bodies I can handle, wolves bite people. Why do I feel like I should have played a Beastmaster Ranger and had a wolf as a companion? Oh, wolf as a companion, (laughs) I think you mean. So while you're having this uh, sort of who's on first... Wolves, wolves, and wolves <laughs> debate outside. You hear you hear Joey Greenhorn kind of muffled, um, say "Move along, move along," and then uh, a louder, sort of more authoritative voice say, "No, no, I need to see. I need to see Mr. Tate right away." And Joey's trying to like keep them away. Uh, Nim and Alos, you have arrived at the Tate residence. And there's a lone guard standing watch right outside the front door. A small torch, a magical torch, providing light against the front door. And so you guys pull up in your carriage. Paul sort of snaps out of this meditative state that he was in and marches up the walkway and starts demanding entry into the Tate residence. And the the guard is saying, no, move along, move along. What do you guys do? Zephira would probably get a little closer to check it out, but try not to, like, get involved just to see if it's a 
passers-by because it sounds a little more authoritarian, should I say, <laughs> than just a casual observer coming up and getting kind of in his face. A little more insistent. Percy is uh, trying to make a new private investigator sheet on the sly that isn't <laughs> running. Okay. Nim and Alos, what do you guys do? And you see Paul kind of rushing out ahead of you. I push Alos out the carriage first. <laughs> okay. Uh, Alos, make a deck save. Okay. Fifteen. Okay. It's one of those moments where, like, you start to feel like you're going to fall, but then you recover and then try to, like, walk like you meant to do that kind of thing. And then Nim comes out behind you. And so you see Paul um, trying to push past this guard um, to get into the house. Oh, yeah. Nim's coming out. Grand entrance. Okay. So basically, once he pushed Ailes out of the way... It's like he's fixing his jacket, he's fixing his collared shirt, he's rolling up his sleeves, he's like, showtime. The driver, um, as you guys start pouring out of the the carriage, or stumbling out of the carriage, the driver kind of says, hold up, hold up, you all owe me one gold, fifteen silver. Here's two gold, keep the change, and you didn't take us here. (laughs) (laughs) He <laughs> he kind of gives Alos this this weird look about like, but he did take you there, <laughs> and he says, whatever. Even gold from stupid people is still gold, and gives like as much as he can muster like a whip uh, on the horse. They they take off. Uh, so now Nim can make this grand styling and profiling entrance. All right. So who's uh, who's the guard? This is some guy we don't know. Yeah, you don't know him. I don't. I don't think you know him. I would like to make a perception check to see if I see any holy symbols that this man may uh, have on his person. Okay. Let's see how this goes. Fifteen plus four. that's a nineteen. He's just wearing like a standard guard uniform. There's there's no overt. I mean, this is. This is not the underneath where guys like Jethro can get away with being sort of on the pulpit at all times. Uh, people up here don't really want to be ministered to that much. Do I see a name? Uh, yeah, the, the badge says, or the name tag says Greenhorn. Jay Greenhorn. And what kind of, uh, what, what is Joey Greenhorn over here? This is all I'm asking, just uh... Uh, I think we said he was a human. Yeah, he's human. Yeah, yeah, he's just a scrawny kid, fresh out of the academy, five foot nothing, hundred nothing. Right, so Nim walks up to Jay Greenhorn. Says Jay Greenhorn, how are you doing this fine day? How is how does Nim dressed? Is Nim in full like priestly garb? Uh, he's he's dressed like a southern preacher. Okay. So he's got like the white collared shirt, <laughs> black vest. <laughs> his uh, his sleeves are rolled up. He's got the you know, all the medallions hanging around the neck. That's amazing. His sleeves are rolled up. Okay. Uh, he he looks. Yeah, he does at, have his little holy, you know. Mm-hmm. It's not. Everyone thinks it's a holy book, but it's really like a black book. 
<laughs> yeah, no doubt. Uh, it's a death note. Oh, <laughs> it could be. <laughs> uh, it could be. <laughs> that could be like a, a side campaign, like the secrets of Nim's book. <laughs> like a one shot, everybody trying to figure out what's in the book. <laughs> right. That's like, yeah, that's a, the strength check holiday episode. <laughs> yes. It'd be like that Naruto episode where they're all trying to see what uh, Kakashi's face looks like. Because all of us trying to see what's in the book. Happy holidays. <laughs> and then it gets super dark because it's a holiday episode. Uh, anyway. <laughs> Um, so yeah, he's dressed like a southern preacher. Dressed like a southern preacher, and he, he's asking Joey how his his day is going. And Joey looks at him, and he kind of sizes Nim up, and he says, "To be honest with you, it's been a weird day, but you're going to have to move along." Well, I'm trying to move on inside. Can't let you do that, sir. J. Uh, what does the J stand for? Uh, Joseph. <laughs> Joseph, my, my son. Uh, has a priest come to look over the body and give the lash rites? That's uh, what I'm here to do. Yeah. And, and I'm his assistant. <laughs> assistant priest. This is like Deacon Alos. Praise be. <laughs> he raises his hand. Praise be. <laughs> yeah. I can just imagine the fears inside listening to this. Just going like. Does that get any weirder? <laughs> Joey says he kind of sizes the three of you up, and he he says, "Aren't don't last rites usually happen like before the person is dead?" Listen, who's the priest here? <laughs> and who's the cop? He says, "Well, I'm the cop." <laughs> <laughs> um. Well, then that. How do I know you're a priest, though? How do you have? I need to see some identification, sir, from all of you. Well, that's no problem. Mim clearly has a cleric card on him. Yeah, oh yeah. He's just... He's got, you know, like the parking pass and everything. <laughs> parking pass? Parking pass. <laughs> just park where he wants. I think the official lanyard. <laughs> yeah, it's... He doesn't have the lanyard on now. He won't put it on when he gets inside, but... Right now, he just pulls out the card from the book. He hands it, he hands it to him. Uh, uh, just... okay. I left my official identification as a deacon in my other pants, but do you want to be responsible for preventing Alexander Tate's soul from reaching the afterlife and not just sitting in purgatory forever? Is that something you want, Officer Greenhorn? Make Crazy. a... <laughs> Praise me! Make a uh, persuasion check or performance check, I guess, whichever one you want. Can that be a joint check? <laughs> sure. I'm going to have him roll a religion check. I'm curious about how uh, how religious Joey Greenhorn is. <laughs> I rolled a two. <laughs> Joey Greenhorn is having a bad night. Uh, that's a... Uh... 15 for me. Um, 16 over here. Okay, so you see, like, a, he starts to get, like, a little choked up um, at, at the prospect of, of being the one responsible for the eternal damnation of uh, Alexander Tate. 
Um, so he's totally prepared to let you two in, but then he he looks at Paul and then at you guys and says, "So you're a you're a cleric and you're a deacon and wh- who what's who is this? How is he related to this? How many people he's does it? He he's a he's a cleric in training, so he needs to observe Master Nim in order to get." The adequate on-the-job training. Paul Paul immediately says, "A cleric on training? That is, I, just, I have just, no recollection of this." It, <laughs> just go with it, dude. <laughs> no, I will not go with it, dude. <laughs> I am. <laughs> I need to see Mister Tate immediately to confirm his presence on this mortal coil. Yeah, you heard that, Joseph. Moral. Coil. Joey says, well, even if I could let you in, there's some investigators in there right now. So, uh, let me let me run this by them. You guys... The longer you wait, the longer his soul will rot. Just think about it. He he stops and he thinks about it for a second. And he says, I, was, I wasn't good at math, but I think I'll be right back. And he he goes inside, and he sees um, Percy and Zafira kind of hovering over the body, and and Percy's got the book in his hands, and he says, "Um, I, I, there's some people here. They they say that they're here to administer last rites to Mister Tate. I told them they couldn't come in unless you guys were. They're kind of strange, though. Zafira's gonna keep her back turned to uh, Joey and kind of roll her eyes a little bit, but then turn to him and, after getting a glance at Percy to kind of see his reaction, I don't know what his reaction's going to be. <laughs> I don't think anybody <laughs> knows what Percy's reaction's gonna be. Percy doesn't know. <laughs> Percy just kind of like jumps his fingers on the book for a little bit and goes. Make sure they're not doppelgangers. How? How do I do that? I haven't seen them yet tonight. Ask them if they know about the dead body three neighborhoods away. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, Joey's trying to, like, steal his resolve here, and he he goes back out onto the, the front step, and he says, the The investigators want to know... If you know anything about a dead body three blocks away, and he says this oh. to, to Nim and Alos. Are you questioning a priest right now? <laughs> I'm just following orders, sir. Who's who's giving these orders? The uh, an investigator inside. Are they aware that Alexander Tate's soul is facing eternal damnation? Um, Do you want to be part of that? I can ask. <laughs> uh, one second. Joseph, I would need you to hurry up. <laughs> <laughs> um, so he, he comes back inside, and he, he looks at Percy and Sephira, and he says, I asked them about the body, and they asked me if I know that Mr. Tate's going to burn in eternal damnation and that it's our fault. <laughs> Percy just kind of like looks up at the ceiling for a moment. He looks back at Joey. He says, Joey, 
Yeah. This is what we're going to have to do. They can come in here, but they have to define what damnation is. And once they do that, they can come in. Now, it's got to be all of them. It can't just be one person answering for everybody. Are they? It has to be all... (laughs) It has to be all of them, or else they can't come in. So, I just want to make sure I understand. (laughs) They didn't go over this much in the Academy. They never do. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Do you want each of them to define damnation? That's correct. uh, are Are they individually allowed to hear each other's answers? Yes, but they can't repeat it. Okay. Can I ask why you want them to do this? Because if they have to prevent a soul from being damned, then they have to define damnation first. Oh, makes a lot of sense when you say it. (laughs) I'll be right back. And so... He, uh, the door opens and he comes back out and he looks, he looks very perplexed. And so he looks at Nim and Alos and Paul and he says, the investigators want me to ask you individually, each of you, <laughs> to define what you think damnation means. And they were very clear that you each have to answer, and you can't... He, he, they, they don't want you to repeat the same answer. Joseph? Joseph? Yes. Yeah. I've got this. Okay, Master Nim. Damnation is what's going to happen if you do not let us into this place right now. To you, Joseph. I will strike down upon thee with Damnation. How's that for a definition you want to give back to your boss? As a matter of fact, where is your boss? Let me talk to your boss, because you asked me for ID, I want to see his ID. As <laughs> well... He says, okay, so that's that's one answer, and then he turns to Alos, and he says... Hi again, everybody. This is Dr. Andy Wilzak. I wanted to say thanks again for taking time to listen to the show. We really appreciate it. The reason why I wanted to make Strength Check into an actual play D&D podcast um, when there are so many other actual play shows out there that are probably um, way better than anything that I could do is I want to draw your attention to a project that I'm a part of here in northeastern Pennsylvania. We're calling it Play for Progress, and the idea is to use D&D and eventually, hopefully, probably other tabletop games to help middle school and high school kids who are struggling with mental health problems or addiction issues or who feel alienated or isolated in some in some way. Um, this part of Pennsylvania has been hit really, really hard by the opioid crisis. Um, this part of Pennsylvania has a very high alcoholism rate. And this part of Pennsylvania is diversifying very quickly and there are those who have capitalized on that to try to create more conflict between people so we have a lot of kids here who are alone and who are suffering 
um, and suffering mightily. So what we're doing, and the point of this message now, is to just let you know that we are raising money to make Play for Progress a sustainable force for good in the northeastern Pennsylvania area. Um, if you have even $5 to spare for us, you can go to gofundme.com slash playforprogress with hyphens between the words, so play hyphen for hyphen progress. Um, and anything that you can give us will go a long way towards making us sustainable. Thank you.